This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, people. Uh, deary, 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 deary me. Arsenal just lost 3-0 to Liverpool at the Emirates after the international break. And, yeah, arguably, I think, and, even, and I'm taking into consideration the first half of the season. Genuinely, I think that was the worst performance I've seen from this Arsenal side. Maybe not even this season. Maybe I'm, thinking, I'm trying to think back to a worse performance than that. And I know we've played some absolute stinkers at times. I mean, Liverpool games specifically, we've been pretty... Oh, I nearly saw that. <laughs> nearly horrific. But um, yeah, that was by far the worst performance that I can think of in recent memory. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get your thoughts. We're going to get frustrations out. We're going to have a little bit of a therapy session. So join me. Make sure to drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. But let's, uh, let's crack on with it. Now, I want to start off the show by talking about Arteta because obviously you know me. Um, I've I've backed this coach for a, a long, long time and I will continue to, but I think that we need to talk about the coach's decisions just to kick things off because I'm not happy about a lot of them. Um, I understand that we've we've got players out. We're going to talk a little bit about the fact that obviously we didn't have some key players available to us. I don't look at that as an excuse. I think there's genuine reasons as to why we play without some of those players. We'll get onto that. But the thing is, is when you go and you select certain players after certain performances that we've seen, to me, that doesn't make any sense. To go and play Ceballos instead of El Elneny when you need a player that's going to kind of control the midfield and keep you ticking over and play some accurate passes. I know I don't I don't rate El Elneny particularly highly, but what El Elneny will give you is that he's just a bit of a passive passer. And yeah, that's not great when you want to progress the ball. What is better than a Ceballos that's giving the ball away every five seconds? And I know that's hyperbole, but I don't care. The fact is, is that sometimes you need a player that can be a bit boring. You need a player that's going to pass the ball accurately. You need a player that's going to be able to just play it back to your, your fullback, play it back out to the right-hand side, play it into your next follow, uh, your number 10, your number 8 in parte. You need someone that's going to do that. So, And you need control. And I think El Nelly would have brought a lot more control to the midfield than what Danny Ceballos did today, 100%. Um, when you then look at the left-hand side. When you play a Bamiyang there, after the performance that we saw against West Ham, and that performance by Bamiyang against West Ham was exceptionally poor, to then play him again when you've got options in Willian, and I'm, I'm genuinely being serious about that, because the last few performances we've seen from Willian have not been particularly bad, have they? They've not been the worst. <laughs> He's barely played in the last few weeks. But when you've got an option like him who had a decent performance against Benfica when he came on, had a really good performance against Leicester and wasn't bad um, in the game against Burnley when we drew 1-1, has not played really since. You've got a natural winger 
Just put him there. And the alternative to that is Martinelli, who, of course, came on. I, in our preview show the other day, I sat here and I said, I want Martinelli to play in this game. I think it suits him. I think when you've not got Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, which we didn't, Martinelli can give you that energy. You can press the back line. He can track back. Even though he was substituted at halftime against Manchester United because he didn't have the best performance, what he did do against Man United is that he tracked back and he defended. And that's not things that Aubameyang did today. He didn't do any of those things. He didn't track back. He didn't stop the cross, which led to the first goal. He was out of the game. We were playing with 10 men, arguably nine and a half men with Ceballos on the pitch. We really did not have a full team going at it today. They didn't do anything. They didn't change anything. And for the first 40 minutes, the only thing that was saving us was our defence. The only That was the only thing that was dealing with what we had. We kept Liverpool to one clear-cut chance through Milner, but our defence in holding and Chambers were clearing stuff. They were getting stuff out. But the issue was is they had no out-ball whatsoever. They had no one in the midfield. They had no Granite Xhaka to pass to. There was no El Nenny to pass to. They had, El, uh, they had Ceballos and Partey. And whilst Partey, yes, I believe that Partey can suit these types of games because he helps you progress the ball. But there was so much emphasis on Partey being the deepest player on the pitch and having to cover for Ceballos' mistakes. Partey couldn't be the Partey that we want him to be because he had to baby, basically babysit Ceballos for most of the game, if not all of the game that he was on the pitch. Ceballos should have been off at half-time. It was the right sub to bring him off for El Nani, but he should have been off at half-time. Absolutely no doubt about it. We'd have more control at the start of the second half. And we, by the time we'd made that change, Liverpool had gained too much advantage. They were able to bring on Jota and it was way too late. It's absolutely awful. Awful. And Arteta takes a lot of the blame today. I'm, I'm genuinely thinking like 70, 80% of the blame goes to Arteta for that team selection because the game plan was really bad. Of course, he can't go out onto the pitch. He can't kick the ball or he can't kick the ball himself. I get all that. But you set up the team, you make those choices and you've got to stand by those choices and he got those wrong. 100% got them wrong today. So there'll be no trust the process tweet going out today because if that is going to continue, he needs to learn from that. He needs to learn from those errors. And if Aubameyang plays against Slavia Prague, I'll be, I'll be fuming. I'll be absolutely fuming. And the saddest thing is I have people tweeting me going on, why are you singling out Aubameyang? thing is on Twitter is that you only get a certain amount of characters. And if you actually look down the Twitter feed, I've talked about a few other things. If you want to pinpoint certain tweets, that's your own fault. The fact of the matter is, is that we had issues across the board. Let's 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 talk about some stuff. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, then please jump into the chat box and throw your opinions across. If you agree with what I'm saying, fair play to you. Um, and, and let me know the reason why. But I want to get a discussion going. I want to get your thoughts. I want to hear what you think. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, tell me and explain your reasons. I really want to hear what you guys have got to say. Let's scroll up to the top of the chat and see what you guys are saying. Mitchell Balzan says, difference between Arteta and Klopp is if Ceballos was playing for a Klopp team, he would have been dragged off after 10 minutes. In the word of Neil Warnock, you have to die for three points. I haven't actually seen Klopp drag off a player, but maybe that's because his players are so good he's never had to really do it. Uh, Tom says, I really, really, really hope that Tierney isn't as seriously injured. He played on after the injury, which makes me think that it's not as serious as it possibly could be. Um, but who knows with Kieran Tierney and that shows that in January if there's one thing that we didn't we did really do wrong was not bringing a natural left back we really 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 kind of messed up the bed on that one it's probably fair to say um, Tiba Pesk says Tom William wouldn't have made a difference the attitude was wrong and that starts with our captain um, Kama Ray says Alba is spent simple um, Invicta says that's for not doing a live stream with Hugh you frauds yeah I mean I, I don't know what's happened to Hugh um, I hope he's fine I haven't heard from him at all I was expecting to do the watch along but I've heard nothing so I'm hoping that he's alright and things are okay but uh, but yeah I, I've no idea uh, why there was no watch along 
Um, Isowa says, trust the process, Tom. Yeah, 100%. I'm still with it. After that performance, I'm looking at, I'm going, we'll talk about the reasons why I still think that happened and obviously the differences that it makes. But yeah, we'd, we'll get on to that for sure. Uh, Craig Barlow says, Arteta cowardice football. If this was Emery, he would be sacked. Aubameyang invisible again, Jumberg said. Well, Craig, I would say that Aubame Emery got absolutely battered by Liverpool <laughs> Anfield um, and wasn't sacked for that. So I wouldn't go on with that. I think that's a bit reactionary. Glenn Cook says, as a teammate, it's got to be frustrating to see Sabah's consistently losing the ball and you've got to exert twice as much energy to win it back from a team whose technically quality is exceptional. Matt G says, the fact that the hindsight of the first half was the hairstyles of Aubameyang and the referee shows how far we've fallen. Uh, Joseph Maseko says, the issue was tactically not with the key players we missed. What was the tactical approach? I didn't get it. I think that there's tactically... I don't think we were actually able to... Even, we, I don't think we saw a plan because of the personnel. But the thing is, is that you can't say that because of the personnel, the tactics weren't there and therefore that's not on Arteta because he picks the team. So whatever tactics there were, I don't think we were able to use the tactics that we wanted to use. I've never seen a side look so offensively inept than I did tonight. We offered nothing. I didn't threaten once at all. It was I can't think of an attack where I was like, oh, yeah, like we nearly scored. I don't think there was one. I can't think of a single. I think Pepe had a header that, that was like very tame. That was it. We created absolutely nothing, nothing at all. Really, really nothing. Um, Kian says, Tom, I'm sorry. I know I always talk about him, but Bellerin is a better right back than Sheamus. <laughs> it's easy to say that when in when he's not on the pitch, mate. It's easy to say that. But speaking of players that weren't on the pitch, I don't want to hear from a single person anymore saying that Granite Xhaka needs to be sold, Granite Xhaka needs to go, because Granite Xhaka is so integral to this team, so integral to what we need to do. I'm sorry, but if you, you can't deal with eight mistakes over five years, but he gives you a consistent performance and he gives you that outball. He gives you the play that ticks over. The amount of people I saw tweeting about this saying how much we miss Xhaka. Wake up and smell the coffee. We need this guy. And yet there's people out here wanting to sell him down the river and say we should sell him. You're, you're mad. You are utterly mad if you think we should be selling Granite Xhaka because without him, we see performances like this. Lacking in control, lacking in consistent passing. This guy averages 91.3% passing accuracy per game. And you want to see that gone. I get that you want to upgrade. I get you want to see someone better. So do I. I'd love to see someone better than Granite Xhaka. But who is that? Who is that that is better than Granite Xhaka right now? Because it's going to take you a bloody lot of money to go and get someone better than this guy. And you're sitting there saying to me that, oh, we need to sell him, move him on. He's not good enough. When who is good enough? Because without him, we're seeing performances like this. That's fact. That is utter facts that without him, we don't have the control that we need in these games. <laughs> yes, he makes mistakes. He's not perfect. He's a flawed player. I get that. I understand it. But the fact of the matter is, is that that is worth what he adds to the team. And I'd love to upgrade to a player that is as good as Granite Xhaka is without the mistakes, but that's tough, really tough, and it's pricey. And I can't think of a player off the top of my head that will give you the same passing. Yes, Ibez Basuma gives you more mobility, better defending side of things, and won't make as many mistakes. But he won't give you the same passing as what Granite Xhaka will. When people say he's a pass-backwards merchant. It's a myth. It's wrong. We talked about it on the show the other day. Utterly, utterly wrong. It's just not true. You look at the statistics. It's just not true. This guy is a necessary player. He's an integral player in Arsenal's team. And I'm, I'm so sick to death of people not appreciating that fact. I'm so sick to death of it because it is so key to what we need to do. 
And he not being there cost us today. And not only that, but we had also Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe not being there is really big. And I have people going to me, right? So when I do the Hugh Watch-Along, some of the some of the things that I've said over recent weeks is I've been very frustrated by Nicola Pepe's performances. And today, I thought he was one of our brighter players. And that's coming from an attacking perspective. He could barely get the ball, Nicola Pepe. But when he was on the ball, he tried. He tried his best. He did more than a Bamiang, that's fair to say. A Pepe was fine for me. He didn't do anything wrong because he couldn't. He couldn't really do anything wrong because he wasn't been able to give the ball. Bamiang is a different story on the left-hand side. I had some people come at me and say that you always have a guy at Bamiang. What about Erdogan? Do you know to have a number 10 in that type of game, right? What do you want Erdogan to do there? Erdogan's the guy that's meant to pick up the ball, create things for us. If we can't get the ball into the midfield because we've got no number eights below Erdogan that's going to get the ball to him in the right areas, if you've got no runners because your forward line's not moving, what do you want Erdogan to do? What are you expecting? So don't come at me and say, you didn't say anything about Erdogan. If you're sitting at that performance and going, mm, I know, I think Erdogan's the problem with this team. I'm sorry, you need to screw your head on because that's not right. That's not okay. Erdogan is not the problem with that performance at all. We lacked the control. We lacked the eight. We had no energy on the left-hand side. We then lost Tierney, which meant we had an unorthodox right-back who arguably could be and should really be our starting right-back, although that's not a, a dismay on Chambers, who I thought has been okay, to be fair to him. And for the first 40 minutes, I thought we defended well, and then things just went to put, like utterly just went. And as soon as we conceded, it was like, that's it, lads, no chance. And I don't, but to be fair, if you look at that performance and go, Arsenal have conceded, do you see him getting back into the game? No. And I'm not advocating to say that it was okay to then go and concede three goals, but I understand. I understand the fact that why we did. It was pathetic. It was utterly pathetic of a performance today. We're going to talk about it on the podcast tomorrow as well. So make sure you tune in at 8.30 p.m. UK time. We'll be joined by a couple of guests and we're going to talk about that. I know that this is frustrating. I know that this is absolutely dreadful to talk about it, but I really appreciate if you could drop a like on the video and subscribe if you do. Um, Dave says, we weren't Zion. <laughs> what? What are you all about, Dave? Um, let's, oh, here we go. Dave says, Pepe had zero control of the ball in this game. Yeah, it, it, to be fair, when he, did on the ball, when he was on the ball, he lost it a few times, but he was trying to run because he had no options. Absolutely no options at all. Uh, the Brotherhood says Graven Birch would be a great Xhaka alternative. I'm sorry, Graven Birch, yeah, he's a great project. He's a great prospect, and he's going to probably be a world-class player one day. But the kid's 18 again. This kid is 18 years old, and he plays slightly further up the pitch. He's in more of a number eight compared to a number six than what Xhaka is. So, no, it's just, it's not a replacement for him. It's not, a, he doesn't give you the control. Uh, Cookie Monster says, we couldn't get the ball to Erdogan at all. Big dams, uh, West Brom looks more dangerous than us. Big down. I think you're Big Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I read that specifically that way. Glenn Cook says, I agree. Pepe worked hard, but he got doubled up every single time when he was on the ball. Added everyone in our team. Um, John says, this was a really nice turn up for LFC. It was. It was perfect for them. Great game for Liverpool today. Utterly given to them. Iron Cub says, both the team and the manager didn't have any guts today. Why wait so long for the Martinelli sub? I don't know, mate. I have no explanation why we waited so long for that change. Really, really... Really, really poor. Uh, uh, hey, uh, <laughs> Ricky in the chat. They got Liverpool funds. A uh, in the chat says, Tom, would you still trust the process if we finish 10th and get no European football? Look, mate, this team's terrible. The squad's dreadful. We've got no depth, no control, and you've got our best and most high-paid players in the team of Bamiyang turning up and putting in performances like that, and you think another manager's going to go and get more from this team that we got tonight from that side? Because I don't think you're going to see it. I don't see anyone else coming in and seeing from that selected lineup, and that's the issue. 
But from that squad of players, I don't see more from this team. I don't see Arsenal going out and beating Liverpool under a different coach with that team that's gone out there. I don't agree with the, the selection at all. But I don't see another coach coming in and getting a better performance than that Arsenal squad. The squad is dreadful. We have a really poor squad. And people turn around to me and say that we have a better squad now than we did under Emery. But that's, that's bollocks. That is, that is just not true. That's just not true. You've got a Bamiang playing like this. And like you got Abamyang playing under Uno Emery, a younger Abamyang fighting to get like just signed for the club, still pushing forwards, trying to get goals in his prime. And you got Abamyang at 31 that's just signed a new deal and that's just willing to just chill. And you're telling me that that's a better Abamyang for our team? I'm sorry, but that's, no, it's just not true. You had Aaron Ramsey that gave you so much energy in the midfield. You had a younger Granite Xhaka at the same time. But I think that Granite Xhaka has gradually improved actually under Arteta and become even better. But the fact of the matter is, is that our midfield was miles better because we had, obviously, the likes of Ramsey, etc. We've had Partey now, but Partey's barely been fit. And I know that if Partey was fit for most of the season, we'd be in a much better position than we are now, that's for sure. But it's frustrating because we've got some good performances in us and we've played like we did against Chelsea on Boxing Day. We play that game. We play against Leicester. You compare that performance today against the performances we put in against Chelsea and we put in against Leicester and we put in against Spurs. And you look at the differences in the team selections of those games. But we had some key players in those matches and we didn't have key players in others. It's just frustrating for me. It really, really is so frustrating to see this team kind of just fall from grace um, when you don't have certain players in the lineup. And I'm sorry, I'll tell you what. Now, Sophie, I love you to bits, Soph. I really do. And I know we don't see eye to eye on certain things. And if you aren't checking out the Highbury squad, you definitely, definitely should because it's a great podcast and you should go and watch it. And if you were following me and Soph on Twitter today, you may have tuned in to see our a uh, little back and forth on, on Twitter. Love you to bits, Soph, but I'm going to be real with you here. I don't understand the whole excuses thing. This whole talk of excuses, and I use quotation marks not to be sarcastic, but just in the fact that that's what you've said. I just don't get it. I don't get it. To, to turn around and say that me saying that Granite Xhaka not being there, that Saka not being there, that Smith Rowe not being there is excuses, and then to turn around and say that Liverpool did not have players as well. I'm sorry, but Liverpool had everyone in their front line available. Absolutely everyone in their front line. They had their best midfielders available to them as well, bar Henderson. And still, when you look at what was there, and Fabinho that can play in midfield and Thiago Alcantara is arguably, in my opinion, before this season was the best centre mid in, in the world. I'm going to put myself out there. I think Thiago before this season at Bayern last season was the best centre mid in the world. He is that good. He's an unbelievably good centre midfielder. And I was gutted that Arsenal couldn't go out and get him. But, you know... Liverpool. I mean, what you're going to pick is obvious choice. It's not an excuse because you've got a team at Arsenal that rely on the likes of Xhaka to take our play forwards, to drag the team forwards. You then got players like Saka and Smith Rowe that can do extra kind of the, the, the fluid play and bring you that movement, bring you that fluidity, and bring Erdogan more into the game as well, so that we can actually get the ball into the offensive third. But if we can't do that, it doesn't matter that Van Dijk isn't there. It doesn't matter that Joel Matip isn't there. It doesn't matter that Joe Gomez isn't there. Because if you've still got all of your front line in Salah and Mane and, and Firmino, and then you can bring on Jota because Arsenal can't attack. They can't get at us. So let's bring on another attacker. It was the perfect game for Liverpool after the international break because Arsenal had none of the players that they needed to get the ball out. We desperately need to do big work. And this is why I'm not turning around and saying that we should sack Arteta now. Because what's available to Arteta now is not good enough. 
But if we go into the summer window and we add another good centre midfielder, a backup left back, a backup goalkeeper, a good attacking midfielder, because Erdogan's probably not going to come back, let's be honest. I know I'm feeling pretty pessimistic right now, but if we're real, he's going to cost a lot of money and Real Madrid might want to keep him. If you've got a choice between staying at Arsenal without European football, which is a real possibility, or going back to Real Madrid, I think we know what the obvious choice is. So we're going to have to go out and get an attacking midfielder as well. We arguably need a better right back. We could even need a striker if Lacazette doesn't stay or whatever we do with that situation. If Nketiah goes, Balogun goes, whatever. And you want to turn around to say that <laughs> this squad is good enough and he should be doing better. I'm sorry, you're living on a different planet. This squad is dire. It's really poor. But the fact of the matter is if we go out in the summer and we add those players and in a year's time we're sitting here and we're still 10th, then fair enough. I'll hold my hands up and say, look, this ain't working. The process is not working. Let's change it. But right now, with what he's got, I'm sorry, he's working with blunt tools. They're just not good enough. They are not good enough. And there are better squads. And the teams that are above us are above us because they've got better squads enough. And I won't have you turning around to me and saying, that. what about West Ham? Look at where West Ham are at. I'm sorry. West Ham's squad is bloody good. It is good. It's a fact of the matter is that at, at the start of January... At the start of January, and this is when Emil Smith-Rowe comes back, before we sign Odegaard, you're taking Jesse Lingard in the team. You're lying to yourself. And the thing is, a lot of snobber, there's a lot of snobby people out there, arrogant people that have probably gone, no, I wouldn't have taken Jesse Lingard at that stage. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's a decent player and attacking midfielder. He comes in and he adds something to that Arsenal side that they were lacking. You also go out, is Thomas Suchek and Declan Rice a better midfielder than ours? 100%. 100% is a better, is a better situation than us. You look at their back line, you're looking at players and how Dawson's been so good for them season, similar to how Evans has been so good for Leicester and yet people have turned their noses up at that in the past. You look at their situation, Kufau has been a better right-back than all of Arsenal's right-back. This, All of them. And I'm counting Cedric in that as well. Kufau has been excellent. So there's no, there is no situation when you turn around to me and say that they are far and away a worse squad than Arsenal. Because it's not. Because this team is dreadful. The squad is poor. There are only a handful of players in this team that you would genuinely turn around and go, look, I would really want to keep those guys. If you're being genuinely honest with yourself and thinking, are these players good enough for Arsenal? You go through the team and you go, right, which players are actually good enough for Arsenal? Leno, I think the jury's out. I defended the guy, I get it. But I thought today, the second goal in particular, why you, if you're going to put your arms down, put them to the floor, son. Stop yourself from getting nutmegged. Don't just hold them in air like they're dangling. Put them to the floor, son. <laughs> I don't know, understand what you're doing. Leno's questionable. Any of the right backs, Bellerin, Cedric, Chambers. We can all, we can rave about Cedric and Cedric squad. I appreciate your presence in the house this evening. But still, if we're being very honest, is Cedric good enough to be Arsenal's right back? No, of course he's not. So none of those right backs. You look through the centre backs. Gabriel, great signing, made by Arteta, by the way. Really good centre back, fair play. Holding. He's a squad player. He's not a starter. He's a squad player. He shouldn't be starting as many games as he is. Louise, experienced player. Again, he's experienced. He's older. He's got a mistake in him. He's not perfect. I wouldn't keep him. Left back, Tierney, all day long. Kalasanak, who's gone on loan. We loaned out our only other backup left back. You get him gone. Granite Xhaka, yes, you keep him because you can see how important he is. I'm not going to say it again. He's important and you keep him. Thomas Partey, yeah, you keep him. So what are we on there? We're on four. So you keep Xhaka, you keep Partey, you keep Tierney, and you keep, uh, what's his face? Uh, Gabriel. We move into the forward line. Bakaya Saka, one available today, you keep him. Smith Rowe, you keep him. Erdogan, he's not our player, so we can't talk about him. Abamyang and Lacazette, all right now, I ain't keeping the pair of them. 
I ain't keeping any of them. I can go and go get someone else in because I actually go get someone who's put, put a shift in for us. Lacazette may be a little bit harsh, but I don't think he's good enough, really. Is he progressed as further than Olivier Giroud? No, he's not progressed as further than Olivier Giroud at all. We haven't got any better in the striking department with Lacazette than we did with Olivier Giroud in the house. We just didn't. So we're on what? How many players we got there? So we got six. You got Bakaya Saka. You got Emil Smith Rowe. You've got Martinelli. Probably is a prospect. To keep coming through. But again, I don't think he's good enough to be Arsenal starter right now. In the future, develop him, keep him going. He's a 19-year-old, but he's not on Saka's level at 19. Let's be real. I know you guys love him. I love him too. I love his energy. I love everything. But he's not good enough to be starting week in week out. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be starting week in week out because we should have someone better than him right now. Nicola Pepe, 72 million. No, not good enough. Not good enough. Yeah, I, maybe for 20 to 30 million quid, if we'd have got him in and the output that he's given us, yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's all right, sign in for 20 to 30 million. But 72 million? No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm sorry, but I just, it's, <laughs> the squad is dreadful. Your people are sitting here telling me that we're better than where we are right now. I'm literally looking at our squad and saying, I'll keep six players. Six players. That's it. That's all I'm keeping. And yet I'm being told that this squad should be doing better than it is. If you look at Everton's squad, do you think Ancelotti's turning around to half of his squad and saying, I wouldn't keep him? If you actually go through that squad, you're being like, should I keep those guys? You keep, are you keeping Godfrey? Yes. Are you keeping Mina? Yes. Are you keeping Dean? Yes. Decore? Yes. Alan? Yes. James Rodriguez after the season, he's up and down. Calvert-Lewin? Yes. Richarlison? Yes. Sigurdsson's come in the second half of the season, done brilliantly. Are you keeping those guys? Yes. You're already ahead. West Ham, you go through their team and now they've performed this season. Are you keeping Fabianski? He's been absolutely solid. Are you keeping Kufau? Yes. Are you keeping Balbuena? Are you keeping Dawson? Well, they've been good this season, so you keep them. Are you keeping Cresswell? Obviously. Are you keeping Suchek and Rice? Obviously. Are you keeping Lingard? You'd try to if he was on loan. Antonio? Yes. Bowen? Yes. Ben Rama? Yes. You're keeping these guys. And I'm sitting here looking at Arsenal squad and saying, I'd keep six. I'd keep six players. That's all I'm keeping. And yet apparently I'm told that this squad's better than ninth. It's better than ninth. No, it's not. It's not better than ninth, is it? If we're being genuinely real, we're sitting. And yet this manager got an FA Cup from this squad. And you want to go, ah, nah, get rid. Get rid. Get rid because this squad should be better than where it is. It's not, though, is it? We're being really real. If we're being honest, it's not. If we can get a Europa League win, it's a miracle. It'd be an absolute miracle to get something. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, I need a drink. <laughs> oh, wow. Unbelievable. How far have we fallen, boys uh, and girls? How far have we fallen? Really, 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 really. Now, DJ, I know there's a little bit of sarcasm in your voice there, son. Now, nothing is the manager's fault. If you triggered the start of the show, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying that. This is nothing about the manager because he's got to buck his ideas up. He's got to improve. He's got to make a but he's got to make some better decisions. If we're clear, we're honest. He has to make some better choices. I see what we're trying to do. I see what I see the process. Obviously, you would you wouldn't guess that today, but I see it. I see what we're trying to change. I see what we're trying to do. But the thing is, is that he has to improve still. But I don't see another coach looking at this squad and going, yeah, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at this squad and going, oh, yeah, I can tell you what, this is top four. This is top four worthy. And you get people going, oh, sorry, my standards are higher. My standards, we should be doing better than this. This is Arsenal. We should be in the top four. Yeah, I agree with you. We're Arsenal. We should be in the top four. But actually, if you look at the list of players that we got, should we be in top four with those guys? Are you really thinking? If, if, if any coach... Got top four with this squad of players. You can't tell me that that wouldn't be an incredible achievement. 
An absolutely incredible achievement. Pez Gruner says, can you explain uh, what you say you can see? Okay, that's a fair question, Pez, and I will answer your question. What I can see is I can see a system where we're creative. And when he has the players like Erdogan and Smith-Rowe and Saka, I can see the style. I can see the way that he wants to utilize the wide areas and use the number 10 to break between the defensive lines. I can see it. I can see how he wants a player in party to break the lines and progress the ball. I see what he wants from Xhaka, a player that can control the game and bring in those wide areas. I can see that he wants to defend better, and he has defended better. You look at today, first 40 minutes, Weren't great, but he's got Chambers played at right back. Who, let's be real, is not an Arsenal quality player. Rob Holding is a squad player at Arsenal and nothing more. You should have a better player than that. Gabriel is a good, good player, very good, signed by Arteta and Edu. And unfortunately, other than the other than the mistake against Salah, where he should have tackled in stronger and got the ball better, he had a good display. And Tierney got injured, and then you're left with Cedric coming on. We should be defending better, yes, but he did not have the personnel to defend. For 90 minutes against that Liverpool side today. Against all excuses. <laughs> so I see what we're trying to do. You look at the signings that we've made. In those six players, you have to turn around and say that when I turn around and said that, look, I see six players that I would keep in this Arsenal team. Two of those are the ones that we signed with our main pieces of business in the last summer window. So going into, and to be fair, if Erdogan was a permanent signing that we'd made in January, you'd be saying that we'd keep him too. So you can turn around and say that three of the seven that are in the current squad that you would keep have been signed by this regime. So going into the summer window, you would hope that once again, we would make some good decisions. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. You have to look at Willian and say that's not been great. Although I would say as a caveat to that, he has not, I don't think anyone expected him to be as bad as he has been. I'm sorry, but this squad is not good enough to get higher than where we are. It's, I'm just sorry, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And if you don't like it, I can understand why you don't like it. I'm not going to criticise you for not liking it because I can understand because we're Arsenal fans and we've experienced better and we deserve better because it's Arsenal Football Club and we play the biggest prices in the, in the Premier League for our tickets when we can go. And I get it. I get all of that. But if you're being realistic and if you take a step back and if you look at the context of the whole squad, it is not good enough to get what we need to do. It's just not. It's just not. It really isn't. Um, let's get some more of your thoughts uh, in the chats. In the chats. Uh, Jody says, okay, Tom, then how did Emery get better than ninth position with a much worse squad? Uh, again, those words, much worse, I disagree with, uh, when the players weren't even playing for him. Um, well, that's not true, because in the first season, they were. I, to say that they weren't playing for Emery in the first season, it's a lie. They were. They were playing for him the first season. Second season, they weren't, and you can see where we ended up during that season and why you got sacked in that season. And also, the competition in the Premier League in that time was so different to it is this year. Like You look at the squads, you look at other teams performing, the teams that are above us, they deserve to be above us. And we had nowhere near the same levels of competition under Emery in those 18 months that he was here. Nowhere near the same level of teams and the competition that was above us. They weren't performing to the same level that they've performed this season. West Ham were dreadful. Villa were fighting relegation. Yeah, it's, just, it's just like, it, no, <laughs> Leicester weren't even at that same level that they have been this season. It's different. It's so, so different. And the midfield was better because we haven't had Partey for this season. So we've been stuck with what had been available to us was basically been Xhaka with either a combination of El Nene or Ceballos. Where Emery had Xhaka, had Ramsey, had Ozil at the start when Ozil was playing all right. And then without him, you still had other players in the team. 
coming through. We had Aubameyang and Lacazette that were playing. Aubameyang was before pre-contract and was actually bothered, was more focused on his football than his air style. Just. And you had Lacazette. And Lacazette was, you know, he had his best season at Arsenal, 18-19. So the situation is, is that <laughs> it was so different in the context of the, the seasons under Emery and what Arteta is dealing with and the competition around is it's so different, so different. If you can't see that, I would, I would, I would say that you're a bit blinkered to it. That's what I would say, honestly. I mean that in the most respectful way possible. Um, someone said, "Hey Tom." Who said, "Hey Tom"? Uh, Gustavo, "Hey Tom." Would you say that their head was on Thursday's game? The attitude was horrendous. Uh, no, Gustavo, I don't. I genuinely just think that we didn't have the personnel for the game today. I just, I just don't think that. I think that they couldn't execute the plan that they wanted to because they didn't have the personnel available to do it, and yet they still tried to do it. And I think that's on the manager for not picking the right players. That's that's honestly, I think that this result goes on Arteta because he picked the wrong players. He just picked the wrong players. It's as simple as that. Um, Tabella says, Tom, it's about making your players good. Lots of people know and think West Ham have good players because Moyes improved them. Arteta is not improving enough players. Again, I, you're saying improving enough players. Like, you you can own... What's, what's the famous saying? You can't polish a turd? <laughs> We're being real. And I've gone through this time and time again. I'm keeping six of our players. I'm keeping six of them. That's it. And we've not had Partey for the old season because he's been injured. We haven't had Tierney for a lot of it because he's been injured. So you're down to four all of a sudden. And you're saying that this guy's got to get more from some of these other guys. He's got to get more from holding. And yet we're told that we get rid of them. We should be signing better players and they're not good enough. And we're moaning about, but apparently Arteta's got to get more from them. He's got to get more from these players that you'd get rid of. <laughs> it's the level of hypocrisy just stuns me. It really does. Uh, Dylan says, Tom, Gendouzi over Sabas if you can fix up. Yeah, 100%, mate. If, I'd rather have Gendouzi than Sabas. But the issue with Gendouzi is that I just don't trust his, his temperament, his attitude. I wouldn't have him in the squad. And he's, yeah, he's better than Sabas, but he's not better than Jacker. He's arguably not better than El Nini. For being I don't know where Gendouzi is. I really don't know what he is. Is he a six? Is he an eight? I, What's his output? What's his, what is what does he do? What is what does he do? I don't really know. Alex says even when they uh, even when we play bad, I never see Arteta being aggressive with his players to warrant a reaction. We and certain players still hide away in the games following Arteta is just too nice to them. Alex, I appreciate your comment. If that was the case, though, you wouldn't see the amount of players that get dropped and get shoved off to other clubs. I think he is aggressive. I think he is. He has got an element of loyalty. I agree with you in that sense. To a, to a degree, but I don't think it's so cut and dry as, as he's too loyal. He's he's. I think that he's going to, eventually, you will see this summer, and you've seen from the amount of players we've got rid of under him and that we will bring in this summer. The summer's key. The summer is absolutely key. Uh, Tom Hemming says, uh, sack Arteta, get Benitez. We'd be minimum top six. Yes, we'd be minimum if we got Rafa Benitez, obviously. And we'd be top six, clearly. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Matt Alexander says West Ham scored is worse than ours, but Moyes is getting more out of them. This is the thing, Matt, is I don't get this. Is you're saying it's worse than ours? You're talking about FIFA ratings. That's all we're looking at. If we're being really realistic here, you're talking about FIFA ratings. People obsess around like, what do you rate this guy out of 100? What do you rate him out of 10? And you're saying that West Ham squad is worse than ours. As a unit, it's better. It's a better squad. It fits together better. They've, it's been put together better. It's been recruited better. 
You look at Leicester like, and how they've recruited their team and where they are now. It's not. It's such a myth to turn around and say that West Ham's squad is worse. It's just been put together better than ours. We've moaned about our recruitment for years and years, and yet I'm being told that we've better, got a better squad than West Ham. We, we don't. Fact of the matter is we have been run so fucking poorly for so long, and yet I'm being told to sit here and go, no, West Ham, you're talking about a name, mate. That's all you're saying is West Ham historically are worse. They must be worse because in our minds we can't, we can't imagine, we can't put together an idea that a West Ham could be better than Arsenal. But the fact of the matter is that their squad is better. <laughs> it is better. It's just facts because we've recruited so poorly. I'm, keep, I'm going to keep coming back, back to this point. I'd keep six. I'd keep six of our team. Six players. It's a joke. It's just ridiculous. Ut utterly ridiculous. Um, I clarify, says, uh, our lone players with better ratings can't even get in the first team for Schalke, Hertha and Atletica. Um, <laughs> I mean, Gunduzi isn't wanted by Hertha Berlin. And yet I'm told that we have got to keep him. He's not wanted by them. A relegation battling Bundesliga team, yet we should keep Gendouzi. Great idea. Atletico Madrid, we should keep Torreira. He doesn't get into their team. That's the level we want to be. We want to be on Atletico's level. So surely we should be signing players like Partey that get into their team. Torreira, he can go. Because he doesn't get into their team, so he shouldn't get into ours. Um, Vincenzo says, the two Czech players, Suchek and Kufel, that West Ham brought in are absolutely brilliant. It's just, honestly... We just need, and thank you, Matt. I see your, I see your reply. Um, <laughs> oh, appreciate it. It's just so, man. Oh, man. It's just people. Just I can't, I can't deal. I can't deal with the the lack of foresight and the lack of context that people don't apply to things. It really frustrates me. It really frustrates me. <laughs> really, really gets on me. It really does. Oh, man. Fabello says, you would keep more of these players if Arteta could actually coach these players to a level. Mate, we beat Chelsea and City on our way to a cup final and you're telling me that he can't coach these players. If he couldn't coach these players, we wouldn't be sitting with a trophy in the bank. Oh, mate, honestly. Just the reactionary nature of some of the comments, Matt, they're driving me. Clip this. Tom's lost it. <laughs> Tom's gone. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. Dear me. Deary me. Um, David says, one problem is on field leadership. Abamyang is an individualist, an introvert, not someone to drag the team out of its doldrums. 100%, mate. Uh, Kevin says, lol, don't have a break, Dad, Tom. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late, son. It's happening. Oh, dear. Why do I do this, man? Why do I do this to myself? Why do I do this? Why do I do this to myself? Join us tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. for the podcast. That's going to be fun. At least I can just at least I could just let the guys talk. I could just sit back and host the show. I don't have to do this and deal with this and deal with these comments, man. Um, Enrico says, Roberto Di Matteo won the FA Cup. Does that make it? Oh, don't do this. <laughs> don't, don't do this, man. <laughs> Looking at me like, oh, Di Matteo won the Champions League. Oh, man, look at that team. Look at the squad. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Yeah, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, Champions League final. Oh, man, Jesus Christ. I'm actually doing I'm actually doing this. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Oh, let's look at Chelsea's team. Okay, a better check, completely in the prime of his career. Same with Kyle and Luis. Ashley Cole, best left back that's ever played in the Premier League. 
Frank Lampard, best centre midfielder that's ever played in the Premier League, in my opinion. Um, Didier Drogba, one of the best strikers ever, and they've got all those players on the bench that can come on as well. <laughs> and you have, and you have a Bayern Munich side that we're not even going to go into because they're starting players like Contento and Timoshuk, and you're telling there and telling me about, oh man, I can't, just don't, don't do this, don't do this now. Oh, Tom is rattled. He's <laughs> so rattled right now. Oh man, yeah, I am. I so what? You're right. I am triggered. I'm so triggered, man. <laughs> I can't deal with ineptitude. I can't deal with it. Uh, Kieran says, I think Arsenal's performance today was massively impacted by not having Jacker in the midfield. Jacker brings out the best of the players around him and leads the midfield. Abamian goes missing in big games. You're spot on, but don't spam my chat, mate. So I've got to time you out now. So um, Gary Holly says, Arteta saying he takes all the blame. He was in shock because he didn't expect that. And the players need the big cojones uh, to compete on Thursday. I mean, what are we feeling now about Thursday? Like, how are we feeling about that? <laughs> because we've got to go and play Slavia Prague. You're a team that have knocked out Leicester. Rangers that look exceptionally good. I mean, I hope we kick them off the park because of what happened against Rangers. And oh, I don't want to go into a, a racism talk because, frankly, what went on is despicable. And, and we have talked about it a lot on the channel and I hope that Cadella gets I hope he gets battered to be honest if we do play him and he has no punishment if he has no punishment it's a joke um but yeah uh how are we feeling about that because I really don't really really don't get it uh how we are going to compete if if Saka, Xhaka and Emil Smith-Rowe are not fit and ready for us on on Thursday then we've got big big problems big big problems really really are <laughs> like if we don't have them I mean Yonick, you can't tell me, Sud. I know where you are. You're probably watching. You can't tell me, mate, that, <laughs> that without Granite Xhaka on Thursday, you're praying for him to be available. I know you. I know you're praying for it. <laughs> you are praying for it. Tiger M says Slavia Prague are actually a quality pressing side. Could really cause us problems. Um, Michael says we are 100% going to let down the whole world. <laughs> on Thursday. Um, Goose says, we're relying on the kids and an overworked left-back. That's, that's our squad, Goose. That's where we are, is we're relying on a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, um, Granite Xhaka, who half the fan base hates to hate to death, uh, Tierney being fit because we've got no other left-back. We're focusing on, hopefully, uh, Erdogan, a 22-year-old loanee. We're hoping, fingers crossed, he's going to turn up with the goods. Oh, this is our team. This is what we're doing is we're relying on these kids to come through because what else is there? What else is there? We've got to rely on these youngsters because the senior players that we've got in the squad are apparently, apparently we're better than ninth, but we're relying on these kids to drag us forward to get into a semi-final. Um, Kevin says, I think we will win the game, but then before we kick off, I think we will win every game. <laughs> You're just like me, Kev. It's only after it starts that I change my mind. Uh, uh, no Tierney, no Xhaka, no Saka, no Smith Rowe equals major problems. Uh, Cookie One says 0.09 XG is the lowest it's been since records begun. Uh, apparently for Arsenal against Liverpool, what, like eighth choice centre backs. Uh, currently, race says Saka, Louis, Xhaka, Emil Smith Rowe will be back and we will thrash Slavia. I'm confident if they are all back, then I've got a lot more confidence. If a Bamiyang starts on Thursday, I'm gonna lose my job. I'm going to lose my mind if Sabayo starts, if he starts. If we don't have Xhaka back, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, God. If we don't, I'm going to absolutely lose my nuts if Aubameyang starts on Thursday. Um, 
Hoople says Xhaka's a hack. <laughs> Tierney going off was more important. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Tom Hemmings says, Tom, will you lose faith if Slavia beat us? No, of course not, because we've just had a whole discussion about the squads. Is that I'm not going to lose faith in the process because this squad's not good enough. Improve the squad. The summer's big. I can't wait till we do the shows over the summer. I can't wait for next season. I really want this season to just be done so we can get to the summer transfer window. I'm so done with this squad. So, so done. <laughs> oh, Matt Alexander says, Genius is on match of the day. He's going to love it. Oh, he's going to love being on match of the day, good old Jermaine. He's going to absolutely enjoy being on match of the day tonight. Oh, man. And says, Tom, this team is way better than 10th. Um, you're, you're living on another planet, mate, if you think it's way better than 10th. Uh, Sowa says, never put your hope on Arsenal. They will eventually crush and bring you down to the... Yeah. Deary me. Deary me. I think we're going to wrap up, mate. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap up, guys, because I just don't think my mental health can deal with this anymore because it's, I'm already I'm already down. <laughs> Oh, God, this was a really horrible, horrible, horrible day. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed, Thursday we can have the players back and we can uh, we can do something. Um, but, yeah, join us tomorrow for the podcast, 8.30 p.m. UK time. Drop a like on the video for tonight's show because I know you've watched, you've enjoyed. You've in, Let's be real, you've enjoyed me having a breakdown. You've enjoyed it. So drop a like on the vid. Um, but I'll be back tomorrow at 8.30 um, with the boys and we'll be uh, chatting to a few of them about, tomorrow, uh, about the game and looking ahead um, to Thursday. Uh, and then Monday, what's on Monday? I'm not sure yet what's on Monday. Something is on Monday. And then Tuesday, Tuesday we've got LTA. Uh, and Wednesday we'll have the preview for the Slavia game. So make sure you subs for all the content that we've got coming up. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed there's a watch along on Thursday too. I've really got, I hope Hugh's all right because I haven't been able to get in contact with him at all. So fingers crossed he's okay. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed we can sort something out because whenever we don't do a watch-alongs, things like what happened today happens. So fingers crossed we can do something. I'm going to see you tomorrow evening, 8.30 UK time. It's been a pleasure to speak to you. It genuinely has, um, as always. And as always, bloody Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A new year is full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.